Hello everyone, welcome to Quantum Nurse live stream. In the name of the eternal source consciousness field and first eternal life creation, we welcome you to another episode so that we could bring truth and freedom, especially for those uh, loved ones who have gone before us and also for us the living. And today I am very honored again to have is Scott Shara and Scott Shara is Grace's dad and you yeah, might have remembered that we had Scott Shara before with the rest of my uh, co-podcasters. Co so now we just do a one-on-one -on -one and deep, go deep dive again on something that we're seeing the trend of what's happening and you know the topic it's it's a little sensitive to even like think about it but it is the truth and we um we when i say we because me and the rest of my other team members we really had a desire to make our own podcast individually and as a team because we knew that we could be a part of god's truth so that we could be a platform for everyone who needs to speak up in behalf of themselves and also for their loved ones. So Scott, thank you so much and uh, welcome again. Well, thanks, Grace. That was a very nice introduction and uh, I'm really glad to be back on. Thank you. And for those who didn't get a chance to listen to the to the one when you did it with us first, and I do hope that go after this, please go back to that episode. I forgot, to, I should have mentioned the number or remember the number of the episode, but go and look at it at Quantum Nurse Beach Shoot, Rumble, and also at Brighton. But please tell us the highlights of what happened to Grace. So Grace was, um, Grace was a very high functioning Down syndrome girl. She, when she died, she was 19. Uh, just to give you some of the, a little bit of a broader view of grace and then I want to dive into the the high points of of how they killed her um you know grace was we were 39 years old when we decided to have grace and and uh, so that's pretty old for most people but we had uh, a 14 year old and a 12 year old at that time and we decided to let God lead in that department and he blessed us with with my best buddy grace and uh, she um she was quite a blessing uh, we we had no idea we were going to have a Down syndrome child, and when she was born, it's it's interesting. The and I'm going to dive into this when we get into genocide, but the perspective even then, uh, so that was 20 years ago already. Uh, the perspective then was um, when she when she was I was in the delivery room, and when she came out, I thought, why she looks like she has Down syndrome, and I said that to my wife, and we just thought, well, this will be neat, and. But the doctors, after a couple hours, came in and said, we suspect your daughter has Down syndrome, and do you want to keep her? And this wasn't about an abortion at that time, because that would not have been legal, but it was about giving her up for adoption, which, we, I mean, we were shocked at, because they thought, what are you even talking about? And then they explained that most people don't want a Down syndrome child. Um, so that plays into how Grace died ultimately and where this research has led. But, you know, so her life was, um, uh, like I said, she was high functioning. She was, she was an absolute blast. My, my wife, part of the reason I think she was high functioning is we never vaccinated her. But then my wife did a great job teaching her. 
you know, we homeschooled and uh, Grace accelerated. She was in, in the classes she participated in, she was a geography buff. Uh, you know, when she, she would seem to read something or review something and she would know it. So she knew the capitals of all the countries in the entire world. Uh, it's hard to, for me, it would take me 10 lifetimes to learn that, but she knew it. Um, she had a, uh, she had a love for our Lord. That's hard to grasp. Also, she, she called me earthly dad. She called my wife earth, earthly mom. And, um, anyway, we, uh, we both miss her terribly and. Yeah, that's your, you know, when you lose a loved one and it happens this way, your first, your first uh, responsibility is to share this message so other people don't, don't lose their loved ones. And, you know, ultimately God has opened a bunch of doors for us. And, uh, you know, when I say a bunch, I'm talking about over 50 different doors have been opened for us to get a platform now to share uh, Grace's story and then the, the broader message of, what's really happening. And then we'll end with the, the even broader message, which is what's the solution to this whole craziness that we're in. Uh, so that's Grace's little bit about Grace. Uh, we have a website, ouramazinggrace.net, which uh, Grace's story is well documented there. You can look at not only the prior episode that, uh, that this Grace was referencing, but um, I've been on about 150, 160 podcasts now. And so there's a, a lot of neat uh, documentation, but more importantly than the news stories and, uh, and Grace's story being documented under the tragedy tab is that if you invest some time on the website, you'll get to know Grace because there's lots and lots of pictures, a lot of videos, and you know, it's, it's kind of fun to get to, to know her because she was, she was fun. Uh, so anyway, the highlights that Grace asked me about relative to her her death, uh, she went into the hospital on October 6th of 2021 uh, with low oxygen due to COVID, it uh, was a symptom of COVID. Ultimately, she did not die of COVID. Uh, over the seven days that she was in the hospital, they overdosed her on a sedation med called Presidex, and that became the first cause of death. So Presidex, all drugs have what's called a package insert. So if you're not familiar with that, uh, just uh, understand that there's a package insert for every med and that package insert becomes the rules of engagement that the hospital uh, staff are supposed to follow when they administer a med. Uh, with Presidex, the package insert says specifically to not use for more than 24 hours because if you do use it more for more than 24 hours, it will cause acute respiratory distress. And in Grace's case, when they, when they issued the death certificate. They said that her first cause of death was acute respiratory distress, uh, which, you know, that's a direct cause of using a drug that they're not supposed to use for more than 24 hours. The second cause of death, of course, was COVID-19 pneumonia. And between those two causes of death, they got a bonus for each one. Um, between the two of those, they received over $20,000 to, uh, uh, to kill Grace. And of course, they received other bonuses as well. Um, the second highlight that then the second cause of death is, in addition to Presidex, they used a drug called lorazepam, which is an anti-anxiety med. And they used this after they had already knocked Grace out with Presidex. So Grace is unconscious with Presidex. 
and they still gave her lorazepam, which is an anti-anxiety med. You know, so if you just think that through, there's, there's virtually no anxiety when somebody's passed out. And then uh, in the same 29-minute window, so Presidex, lorazepam, and to finish Grace off at 6.15 in the evening on her last day, they gave her morphine as a IV push. And so that three med combination in the world of meds is called uh, uh, end of life meds. So like when somebody is in hospice and they are at the end of their life, that's what they give them to take them to take them out. And they did that to grace. <clears throat> that specific three med combination when I learned how that all worked. So, and what I mean by that is the doctor had to order the meds uh, the pharmacist at the hospital had to sign off on the order. The alarm system had to be overridden to issue those meds because the package insert for morphine says to not co combine those meds because they're counter um, or contraindicated, which means that they're synergistic in how they work together and they're known to cause death. So you're not supposed to do that. So they had to override the alarm. And then the nurse in charge of Grace's care the last two days of her life had 14 years of ICU experience on top of her nursing experience. So it gets to be to the point where it's hard to, I mean, you can't fathom it. So anyway, studying that got me to the point uh, mid-April that I, I believe Grace was taken out by premeditated murder. And that seems, I know, to be quite a claim, but by that point, I had 500 hours of research in the case. And I'm analytical, so I, I needed to prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt in my own mind to be able to say something that is that far out there. And ultimately that led to uh, the research that, that I want to share today. Uh, then the third cause of death, which is the last, uh, there's lots of highlights, but I mean, the, to get people in the mindset as to what's going on is, so remember I said Grace was given morphine at 615. She died at 727. So in that window from 6.15 to 7.27, you know, that hour and 20 minutes, um, Jessica, my daughter, was in the room with Grace. And the reason she was in the room versus me or Cindy, my wife's name is Cindy, is that I was taken out by an armed guard on October 10th. Grace died on October 13th. Uh, my wife had COVID, so she couldn't replace me. And we had to negotiate, we had to hire an attorney to negotiate with the hospital attorney to even get a replacement advocate in the room. Anyway, my daughter Jessica was in the room at this point and she felt Grace getting cold after they gave her morphine. So she asked the nurse to come in, this ICU nurse, and, and give take a temp and she would not come in. She told Jessica that was normal to just cover up with a blanket. And uh, no nurse or doctor came into the room after they gave her morphine, even though the package insert again for morphine said they're supposed to monitor the patient and keep the reversal drug bedside. They didn't either. When Jessica called us panicking at 7.20 in the evening, she said, Dad, Grace's numbers are dropping like crazy. I said, get the nurses in. She said, I've tried. They won't come in. So Cindy and I started screaming, save our daughter. And they hollered back, she's DNR. Do not resuscitate. 
we found out subsequently that the doctor put an illegal DNR order on Grace at 10.56 in the morning on her last day. And that was only eight minutes after they had increased the dose of the sedation drug 14 times the original dose. Um, so ultimately, uh, that was so egregious, you know, that um, we couldn't believe it. As we went through the records, we sent we sent a request to the, the hospital to meet with the CEO and the doctor uh, because we thought, well, we discovered this. They would want to know so they can change their protocol. And they rejected the meeting. Um, ultimately, that led to me filing complaints with the state agencies that regulate hospitals in Wisconsin and regulate doctors in Wisconsin. Both of them did investigations and came back and said that both the doctor and hospital did no wrong. And that finally the light bulb went on for me when we got that information and that got into a lot deeper dive into the research. And you just think about when with the, if anybody looks at Grace's website under the tragedy tab, you'll see I have an overabundance of research. And this is all taken from the records. And so you can't make this up. How could they get a clean bill of health? And that's when I realized that uh, the, the government is the one behind all of this. It isn't the hospitals doing it. The government has bought off the hospitals through the COVID bonuses and the hospitals are doing the government's bidding. So if you have the government investigate the government, of course, they're gonna get a free pass. So that's the short background, Grace. Um, well, first, let me just say more about the name Grace. And for anyone also out there listening, if you have any family members, um, that you know of by the name of Grace, I can I can make a guess, an intelligent guess that you love that Grace. And because I know that my mother used to say that I live up to my name. So I love the name Grace. <laughs> and, and I did realize that um, with my generation growing up, there was not a lot of Grace. And then at some period, it kind of, had a vacancy then slowly the name grace was becoming popular so i'm happy for that and so i'm really happy that you know at least scott and i have one thing what we could share that i share grace's name and don't for anyone listening scott whether they are uh, in the medical health field or layman understanding just listening to what you shared, it, it's, it's so much, it, it's like common sense to understand that, you know, first of all, we know about the DNR, the do not resuscitate. That part, I don't really get it, how they can just make something without the family consent. And as, as, an, as a critical care nurse for 20 years, and before that, also other type of nursing, we we of course we see things happening in the hospital and they we also know that if a family if someone wants to complain or even sue they always say oh it's hard for them to win so it's always like hard for them to win so for you even for you to even you know go go there it's 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 i appreciate that i thank you so much because someone had to step up and put all that courage 
to so that this historic and many more other stories can be exposed. And so from that period on that you started doing this, is there any like, um, is it like the end of your journey when it comes to the legal system? Or there's still something that you, you can do with the help of the lawyers? A fantastic question. And I, I'll just comment first about how can they do something like a DNR? Um, the answer is illegally, but in their minds, what is going on here is there's a big lie. And the big lie is Satan has sown in a lie that we need to control the population because the earth is overpopulated. So then that lie trickles down to a whole bunch of other lies. And one of the lies being sold is the common good. We've got to do these things for the common good. And so they can justify in their minds putting DNRs on the disabled and the elderly uh, because in in their minds we you know they they lied about the hospitals are full you know we've got to do something you know so I I've seen articles on this where the the medical profession floats these ideas that you know we need to give doctors the authority to do DNRs because we you know what happens if we need a bed and you know it's like oh my gosh this is you know, and if you dig, if you do any digging, you know, the, the media is all in on this. So they'll they'll share the same lie that, for example, the hospitals are full. But then if you dig into the alternative media, which I've learned to do now and which you're part of, you see that, well, that's not even true. It's not even close to being true. But they they have this agenda that that um, they want to accomplish. So uh, they'll they'll sell any lie possible to get it done. So. Then on to the legal, the legal perspective, the just I'll start it with the general and then get into Grace's case. So in the general, uh, the emergency use authorization that that COVID is coming under, which of course that's another lie in this whole process. Uh, there are known cures that are infinitely better than the death sentence that people get in the hospitals with COVID by following the CDC. So, you know, the emergency use authorization was an excuse to implement an agenda. But in the in that process, they they uh, came up with what's called the PREP Act, which provides immunity from liability if they follow the government protocols. So in theory, they have immunity from liability with Grace's death. But in Grace's death, there's some uniqueness which the with the DNR these end of life meds that is not with the CDC and NIH protocols. So we believe we have an opportunity there. Uh, one of the many doors that God opened up was meeting Tom Renz, and Tom uh, really took took an eye on this case and fell in love with Grace. And uh, ultimately, uh, they have a legal team now that's working on the case and. Um, we should know something in the next few weeks as to how that's going to proceed, but we're not at that point yet. But the legal team's working on it. They're uh, getting records right now so that they can uh, frame the entire case. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting that when you're on a path that sometimes you think you're by yourself and suddenly the other forces come to help you and that's i was thinking about tom Rance and then the other you know 
people who ever i'm sure because you this is something that i'm you won't be able to do by yourself nor just with your with cindy or now no with, with jessica you need nor your immediate family to your extended family to the community so with that i was also thinking that and in i know it's not the first time that people will see the word genocide then i'm sure there's more people saying that um that there's a genocide and it's it's not even something new it's just that currently in the last three years it's so evident it's so transparent so in this genocide what do you what what are your thoughts about it and who would who would be doing this genocide and who do you think will be part of it because i just like you're trying to get some answers and you know justice you're creating your team. What do you know of what's going on with who's planning this? Who's making sure that, yeah, telling that we have, there's so, we're overpopulated. And yet when you go around and travel, there's so much empty lands. And then when you go to the supermarket, there's so much food. So I like, why is there so much? So they always say there's no food, no this, no that. And then they end up, we end up in this situation. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic question. So we start at the the big picture, Agenda 21 um, and Agenda 2030. Uh, most of the world countries have signed on to this. And so the World Economic Forum is the one that's implementing this agenda. And it's uh, it's interesting. I, it's part of, you know, if you tell a lie enough times, people believe it. But, you know, ultimately, I believe this is satanic. So these people who are uh, running the World Economic Forum, you know, the Klaus Schwab's of the world and and those elites that are behind this uh, but it's also many many thousands and millions of minions that are in the process that that are being used because if you think through this is what people really don't understand and um maybe i'll start with something that people would understand so out of nazi germany there are a number of things that that people study but one of them that they studied was was through the Milgram obedience experiment. Then I'm going to go back to this, this issue of these people that are being possessed by Satan. So in the Milgram obedience experiment, the, the test was to take 20 participants and then 20 recipients, but the recipients happened to be all actors. So they, they wanted to see if these, if these participants would kill another person if they were told to by a by a sequence of events i mean this seems unbelievable remember this is just an experiment nobody actually died the participants did not know the recipients were all actors so they they drew their their spots in the experiment by lot but it was rigged so all the actors ended up being the the recipients of the fake jolts so then they were asked questions. If the recipient got the question wrong, the participant was instructed to give them a jolt. 
And if they kept getting successive questions wrong, which is that's the whole idea of the experiment, they would give enough jolt to kill the person. This is just for answering questions wrong. So the instructor would keep telling them, okay, answer the question wrong, give them a jolt. And they were very specific commands. And ultimately, the result of that experiment was that two-thirds of the participant would give the uh, recipient enough of a jolt to kill them. So this is mind-blowing stuff, right? How can this possibly be? But this is human nature. Our human nature, if we don't have God as the center, this is what happens. So now, and so I'm explaining that because if some, if I said somebody is possessed by Satan, they don't understand what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is God and Satan are mutually exclusive. And so either you are one of God's or you're one of Satan's. That There's no in-between. You can't be in both camps. And so these people, when you're one of Satan's, you do not know the difference between right and wrong. The only people who know the difference between right and wrong are those who are one of God's. Satan's people do not, they only know evil. So they are, if Satan has got them convinced, which they are, they're convinced the world is overpopulated and we have to do climate control. That's the, the agenda. So if I define the agenda, it's called the sustainability agenda. So agenda 21, agenda 2030 lays out the sustainability agenda, which is we have to control the climate, we have to control the population. So these people implementing are simply doing what they believe in. So they, they really do believe that we've got to control the population. This is urgent to them. So with the jab, they expect it to take out 700 million people worldwide just with the jab. Um, the birth rates are, are already being reduced with the jab. And this is already being reported. Um, the, I mean, almost anybody knows that, you know, football players are dropping over dead. Kids are having heart attacks. Kids are having strokes. Uh, the cancer rates going up. All this stuff is happening because of the jab. You know, a lot of the people who are, you know, they can't see this. They're blind to, to this, but that's because Satan has got them blind. We're hoping by sharing Grace's story that this, this might tweak somebody's mind and heart to say, oh my, is this, is, is this real? And then hopefully Grace's story can be used to get people back to God. So that's just with the jab. With the hospitals, of course, that's our lane. We're in the hospital lane to explain uh, in, a, in a good way to look at it is, um, in Grace's case, they documented that Grace had Down syndrome, that we were Christian, that we're following the frontline doctors' uh, misinformation campaign, and um, and that we were unvaccinated. Okay, so that's the kiss of death if you're going to the hospital. Of course, we didn't realize it at the time. One of the podcasters who interviewed me three weeks ago, when he, I told the whole story there. You know, and it's pretty horrific, as you will, re as you remember. But when he got done, he said, "Scott, it's not safe to get hit by a car anymore." And the reason he said that is because if you get hit by a car and you're knocked out, you get taken by ambulance to a hospital of their choice, not your choice. And if you know, they start asking you questions or they dig up the goods on you. And so if you're in these age groups, um, 
if you're not vaccinated, they have biases towards Christians, unvaccinated people. I mean, it's it's a, alive and well, and so it is. It's a scary place. Plus, on top of that, they have even without those biases, they have an overall agenda that they've been taught, which is um, we need to reduce world population. And they've been set up with this, and this is really, really important, Grace. They've been set up with this over decades to believe in this concept without any formal training. And it's called, out of Nazi Germany, there was a lady who studied the Adolf Eichmann trial. Her name is um, uh, Hannah Arendt. Anyway, she coined the phrase, the banality of evil. Have you heard of that before I mention it, Grace? The banality of evil? Uh-oh, I lost you, Grace. Oh, sorry, no. Okay. I I heard about it, but it's just recently that I really read on it. Yeah, that's quite interesting to, you know, to to realize that there is such a thing. And uh, what when 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 we were when when that podcast other podcaster that you had was talking about, you know, the accident, it is tr really true, but that they'll take you to where they want to take you but they would say that it is because it's the nearest one some you know so that's their that's their excuse for that and if you are quick enough as a family to say no we take them they there's still a little hope that you could be diverted to the hospital where you want it to to go so because and there are many times also that I had to call an ambulance for someone. And usually I would call the family. So if a responsible nurse or um, practi practitioner in that field will, you know, have that mercy and um, cognizance to call the family, you'll call the family and ask, we're about to bring this to this hospital, but where would you want that? Is that okay? So we, you know, and sometimes that works but yeah um but that but but you are so right you have all the uh characteristics for for them not for them to ignore you in in your request and i that's also part of the agenda right so that we can all be divided that we right. can start hating and disliking each other's um decisions yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's right. And this banality of evil, I've got a few points I just want to share so people get an idea of what I'm talking about and how this applies and how um, it, when you look at it through this, this lens and then overlay the Milgram obedience experiment, you can see really quite simply how this can all happen. So banality of evil means evil is so commonplace, we don't even recognize it anymore. So uh, one that I'll just start with is we have a vaccination culture. So they have done a very good job of selling the population on vaccines to protect us. And so protect us from what? And, you know, obviously there's disease, but God gave us a way to fight disease through natural immunity. Um, but nobody wants any anything uncomfortable for their family, their kids. And so 
they have us indoctrinated into this whole idea of vaccines way before the jab came out. So when the jab came out, that's how they could get so many people um, invested in it. And just this morning, this, this really um, was shocking to me. I own a business and one of my guys came in my office. At, we have meetings every Monday morning. And he said, Scott, I have something to tell you you're not going to like. And, you know, I have my guys all up to date on what's going on. And I said, what is it? Is, and I won't give you his name, but I said, well, what is it? He said, uh, I got vaccinated. I said, you got to be kidding me. What's the reason? And he said, I want I want to go to Disney World. So just process that. Uh, this is where they're all in on this. So Disney is part of, you know, uh, big media uh, selling the government agenda. And so now they got another one in this net. Um, so anyway, I asked him if he knew now that that was wrong and if he thought it was a sin and he said, yes, I said, well, um, our God is, is bigger than this. So I would encourage you to repent if you're telling me the truth. And uh, then I can, assuming that you do some of the homework yourself, uh, I've, I've learned of some ways to, to um, get rid of the impact of, of this jab in your body. And I can help you with that also. But I just was shocked. But that's the vaccination culture. So vaccinations are really evil because there's really no purpose for them whatsoever. But yet they've convinced us. And when I was a kid, we all got vaccinated in the gymnasium at school. So this is in the late 60s. You know, everybody just went into the gym and we all got vaccinated the same day. So, I mean, your mindset was that this is just what you do, right? You know, we're in, we're in the modern world. That's just what you do. Uh, as this applies to my daughter, Grace, 67% of Down syndrome children are already aborted in the United States. So remember I said when she was born, what the, the, the doctor said, do you want to keep her? Okay, so there's already this idea that a Down syndrome child is an unwanted child. 67% are already aborted. So what does that look like? When a young person today gets pregnant, uh, she has her doctor, she goes into the doctor, he encourages getting, getting an amnio, basically lies about it, says, well, this is just so that we can prepare, you know, you'll be better prepared. Well, that isn't the goal at all. The goal is that if you've got any complication, they encourage you to abort the child so that you don't have this complication uh, screwing up your life. So it's it's just all based on selfishness. So that that's the banality of evil. It's This is evil, but it's so common, we accept it. Okay, so that I'll just go through one more and then I want to summarize that. So uh, another one is uh, elderly. So what do we do with the elderly in today's society that we consider normal? We put them in a nursing home. Uh, when I was a kid, nursing homes were almost non-existent because you took care of your parents. So now nursing homes are very common. So in that sense, that's the banality of evil. So guess what the number one and number two causes of death in hospitals during COVID are? Elderly and disabled. Well, elderly and disabled are not pre-existing conditions or comorbidities. This was by design. 
to take out those, that's the genocide, is to take out those population groups. And believe me, it's way bigger than that. That's why I'm calling this a worldwide holocaust. That's what's going on. Because in Nazi Germany, they were targeting specific groups. First, it was the, the disabled and the mentally ill, and then that led to the Jews. It was a slippery slope. Uh, so we're on that slippery slope now. So you think, well, I, you know, my, my child isn't disabled, so I don't have anything to worry about. Believe me, this is just the start of what is, is coming. And that's why we're sharing this. In Grace's case, um, the end of life meds and the DNR, those are both illegal. In the UK, those two methods, the end of life methods, their end of life meds and DNRs are the state sanctioned standard of care. Believe me, that's coming here, folks. And that's why, you know, I, I'm out there. I did 50 interviews in June. I'm shouting, shouting from the rooftops. I want people to know what is going on. Yeah, that, it's truly, truly sad. And yeah, I, I, I still remember that uh, protocol for the end of life care. And I guess, you know, as a nurse who assisted that is will just be comfortable if the entire family is in agreement. And it takes really many meetings to even come to that point, really many meetings. And it could take weeks and months that we keep someone alive with us until the family decides if that's what they really want, but we only if that's what they want. Now, and, and uh, um, when you were talking about the vax culture and then talking about um, remembering about the depopulation agenda and just all, and, and we could even relate it to the decrease of the birth rates, right? The reduced the birth rates, which you did mention. And it's, and this for people to, there are really research studies out there and it's published from, from different countries, you know, like uh, in Germany, in Switzerland, in uh, just in, even in Taiwan and Britain. It's very obvious that for many years, it's kind of steady the birth rate and then the, between 20, especially 21 and 2022 is like, boom, you could see it in the graph and I've seen that and I thank you for that information that was sent to me. So it's that's very obvious. So now you really have to think again, you know, is this that just a coincidence or it was really an outcome of the intentional agenda. So now they're succeeding that way. And if people are like for me, sometimes these stories bring back to certain memories back home in when I was still in the Philippines, Scott. Because if you and if you have noticed, there are many times there were so many uh, Americans or Europeans who will like want to go or abduct children from other countries. Okay, and then we I used to think why why do they keep wanting to adapt either they 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 can't they said they can't make babies or they're not fertile enough so now when all these stories are happening i keep thinking wow first of all in the in in the philippines we may have vaccination but i believe 
before 2022 or before all this, uh, before, before 2000, there's a lot of vaccines that here you can afford. Okay. It's all given and it's part of the culture. Okay. In us, it wasn't really intensified and part of our culture, you know? So I was thinking, wow, I think all of this have started in, in America and in European countries. And that's why this, for me, this depopular population agenda is, has been, as you said, has been a product of years and years and years of planning. And then suddenly now it's just like boom, right? So very much so. I mean, it's many. This this was just the excuse to implement. This has been, and and now that this is the excuse to COVID, just the excuse to go go wild with it. But they they're being more brash. So I mean, this these reports that are coming out are not even hidden. Um, they're just looking at well, yes, that's that's what we want to do. So I mean, to have the birth rates go down, if we think about. Dr. Malone came out in December and said, if you want to have grandkids, don't let your kids get vaccinated. Now you can, now they've approved this, this crazy vaccine or jab, I should say, it's not a vaccine uh, for six months old. Um, in spite of the, you know, in spite of the trials, I mean, completely show it's bogus, but it doesn't matter. I mean, they are being so bold with this agenda and the population is going along with it because part of the banality of evil again, the banality of evil is young people do not know how to critically think anymore. It's been, I'm calling it the, the fool system instead of the school system. So the fool system has trained out critical thinking. That's also the banality of evil. So we think that it's normal for you know, a kid gets done with kindergarten and every kid in the class gets a trophy now. Everybody's tied for first place. Um, there's no accountability. They can't get an F. The teacher's reminding them of their assignments. Constantly. They don't have to think at all. Uh, so I, that's that's one reason they're able to pull this off. Uh, it is, uh, it's, a, it's a real sad, it's a sad place that we're in, which ultimately we want to talk about the solutions so we can with that segue we can go there if you'd like grace yes let's see let's see what you have to suggest for the solutions so i have a number of things that i've been been processing and these these things are um, based on the fact as to how did we get here and if you start with how did we get here uh, we did not get here overnight you know this was a slippery slope and this isn't going to end overnight, assuming there is an end. And I, I don't know that there is an end. Uh, this might be that we're heading into what, what the Bible would call the, the end times. And it certainly could be. I mean, if that's the case, uh, God's, God's got this as he always has. But the ultimate re reason that we are here, so we can go through the whole chart of who to blame. So in Grace's case, uh, we could blame the doctor, we could blame the nurse, we can blame the hospital, we can blame the hospital system, uh, we can blame the um, the government bonuses, uh, we can blame the World Economic Forum, we can blame the WHO. There's all kinds of people to blame. 
but ultimately, if we look into a mirror and look at ourselves, you know, I was, um, I had a healthy distrust for the government beforehand. Now I'm awake and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to share the message, but why didn't I share the message before? Why didn't I dig in before? I mean, I kind of let it happen. I was part of, part of the problem because I was letting it happen. So I was, uh, I would guess I would say a good way to describe it as I was a lazy Christian. Okay. So what about the people that aren't Christians? I mean, we've rejected God as a society is the long and short of it. And so if you reject God as a society, this is what you get. And so the only true answer to this is to bring God back into our society, accept him again, reconcile with him and, and realize that he's, he's got this, whether it's going to end in short order or he's going to give us another chance. The reality is we know the end game. It's already written. One of the guys from church said uh, way back when COVID first started, he said, we have a front row seat in, in this whole um, game and we know who wins. So anyway, I have a few points that I just want to cover and explain them. So the first one is uh, being the best educated in the concentration camp is worthless. So what we've got going on now and what's coming is a digital concentration camp. In Nazi Germany, of course, they had physical concentration camps, but we are all married to our phones. Uh, 5G is coming. Um, the digital currency is coming. So that's the digital concentration camp. They'll be able to track us and monitor us and do whatever um, to their heart's content. And there's there's really not a whole lot you can do with that other than, you know, you can find uh, alternative sources of things. But I mean, it's going to be near impossible to not participate in the system. So when I say the best educated in the concentration camp is worthless, you know, I think you do need to get educated. But if you spend your entire time getting educated, that that isn't going to help you. And then I, I wrote, wrote the next um, solution is the two mistakes that you can make. One is failure to prepare. So you want to prepare by being educated. You know, do the due diligence on your local hospitals, for example. I went to a different hospital um, three days after Grace died. I just about died. By God's grace, I'm, I'm alive. But it's because that hospital was not bought by the government. So you need to do your due diligence. So you, you should be preparing. But if you think you can prepare enough, um, God said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so you can't prepare enough. They have weapons. You know, you could say, I'll, I'll buy some more guns. Well, guns aren't going to protect you with the weapons that they have. Um, then next, if God calls you to do something, I feel that I've been called to do something and he will be faithful. And in my case, he's we have not received any death threats. We've been warned of all of this stuff, but we have, we've had very little impact. We've had a little financial impact, um, but it's minor. It's nothing to even bring up. It's so minor. Uh, and so why is that? Because God says he will take the responsibility. Uh, next is Satan. The Bible says Satan is going to be disguised as an angel of light. And our responsibility is to shine the true light, which the only true light is God's light. And you shine God's light on evil. So, for example, as it applies to the world population reduction, God said in the book of Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. 
he never sent an amended Bible. He never amended that verse. So that means he's got the population covered. If it goes to 10 billion, 20 billion, he's got it covered. So we don't have to try to play God. And that's how we can shine the true light on this evil is by sharing what God's truth is. Uh, then fear. Of course, you start digging into this. How can you know, our human nature is to get fearful? I mean, this stuff is like, oh, my gosh. I went to the Red Pill Expo in Indianapolis two weeks ago. And uh, it's it's a lot to take in. And, you know, the stuff that they shared is real stuff. But then you have a choice. Are you going to be fearful of all these details that they shared or rest in the in the uh, finished work of Jesus? So what I wrote is that Jesus drank from the cup. So the cup is whatever is God places in front of you. And right now he's placing a world in disarray in front of us. And Jesus was not saved from the hour of his death, but he was saved out of it. And God has us um, the ability in, in, in his word says we can put on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6.13. And then, of course, the most important, Jesus died, was buried, and rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And that's the gospel. Uh, we have eternal life to look forward to with God, assuming that we believe that and repent. Uh, then you can do something. Okay, so what's, you know, we're, we're kind of conditioned as human beings to do something. And so what should we do? And I've been very blessed to have uh, met through Zoom, of course. I didn't meet her. Well, not of course. It's just she lives in New York. But uh, in doing this Holocaust research, I met uh, Vera Sherev. She's 85 years old. She's a Holocaust survivor. And she has said to me many times, she said, Scott, the um, obedience is empowering Satan's army. So obedience, not, we're not talking about following traffic laws here, but obedience to these mandates. So the mask mandates, the vaccine mandates, you know, so you stand in disobedience to those things. So if your job requires you to get jabbed in order to keep your job, you don't do it. You either file your religious ob objection or you um, you quit. Uh, God promises to be to take on the responsibility, uh, assuming that you're obedient. And so, and I'm talking about obedient to God's law, not Satan's law. So Satan's law; these laws are from Satan directly, because they're designed to control us. That's how we know. The, it's not the speed limit law to have a mask mandate when masks not only don't help you, they hurt you. Obviously, the jab hurts you. Uh, so we should not be following following those laws. And uh, that's a, a act of resistance that we can do, all of us as people. And um, uh, a reference that I would give you out of the scripture is the parable of the talents. And so even the person who only had one talent, uh, when he did nothing with, with it, Jesus chastised him. And so even if you only have one talent, uh, which can be not wearing a mask, it can be sharing this podcast with a friend, you might not be given the platform that God has given me, but with your one talent, you're supposed to do something with it. And then I would say, I've got a couple more. Uh, one is security and comfort. 
this is what I believe. This is the bigger story. And it, it's the story that I've been working on uh, since, since I was enlightened with this idea. And it's called the Hegelian dialectic. The Hegelian dialectic basically says they play both sides against the middle. And what I believe is going to happen is this is going to get substantially worse. And then Satan is going to come in on a white horse and sell us uh, a bill of goods that looks like security and comfort. So then uh, he's going to look like the savior. Uh, God says he will look like that. There will be signs and wonders and we will be deceived. And I'm, you know, God isn't going to let his people be deceived, but I'm just warning you ahead of time. This is, this is what I believe is around the corner. And maybe the most important is uh, on the cross, Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they're doing. So I had quite a discussion about this last week on a, um, a call in, uh, a support group call in that I was asked to participate in. And there's a lot of anger. And I understand, I mean, our natural reaction when you find out somebody killed somebody in your family is to get angry. And all these people had lost loved ones that were killed in the hospital. So there was a lot of anger. And my daughter was on the call too. And, and, um, and I mentioned this, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they're doing. And so she called me the next day and said, Dad, what do you mean by that? I mean, these people did know what they're doing which is pretty obvious in Grace's case. You look at it, they put an illegal DNR on her. They did this combination of meds. So obviously they knew what they're doing, but yet Jesus said, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. So what is the context of that? You know, the people who hung Jesus knew what they were doing, but he said they don't. So what's the reason? And the reason is, is because they're possessed by Satan. So they do not know. And the best thing that could happen of all things is that those people repent of their rejection of God and, and get back to him because they're looking at an eternity in hell if they don't. And uh, that's the final thought I have on it, Grace. But thank you for letting me ramble. Oh, it's what you said is all they're all very important for the viewers and other people to hear and uh, yeah about the Hegelian dialectic it's I I see that I'm you know I I may have not known the term but it's very obvious that when evil wants to take over us you know they will do everything but as you said the the first rule of thumb i believe for me is you get it right with god get it right with the source because when you have it right you be, it begins with you then you can sense even with or you just let's just say bring it down to simple store relationships for friends you could pinpoint who are your true friends or not who are sincere in what they're talking or not and only because you have mastered that um, resonance, that frequency, that energy to know that this one must be in the alignment of God. Okay, so it, that that is so true to begin with that. Because nowadays also, if we just, you know, with all the divisions and then all the confusion, if we don't know what's 
true and what's correct, what's right in alignment with God and the source, it's like you can't, you'll fall for anything. Right. <laughs> and that's really bad. And now you, you, you'll, you'll have all that uh, hero worship somewhere. And, that, you know, and as she said, you know, you, get, you can't be lazy. No one could save us and know that. And, and I, I know what other people might say that, you know, the Bible, and it's not just the Bible, a, a lot of the holy scriptures from other faith as well, a lot of the, the what is in there, there's some, some of them that I know I can sense that they're being distorted, but the basic truth of what's being shared to us is still there. And again, it's up to us to reclaim that, reclaim what is what what will bring us to that um to to to, to bring bring back to us we in our friends we always call it go vertical we go vertical so we go ah. to the source <laughs> yeah and and that's so crucial and 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 what when we were talking about the um in relation to like the abortions right and the the planned parenthood you know this again uh, it's kind of like Hegelian dialectic that, okay, you said there's this this problem, so this is the solution. And we just, just like me, I in the Philippines, we saw, I saw a lot of families with many children and they don't have the economic resources to feed them and to clothe them. But I didn't think big enough to, to think that maybe there's so much bigger system that's causing it so then we i just thought okay this planned parenthood is good and that's why right you heard about right. people. Bingo. yep that's that's the hegelian dialectic exactly it's mm -hmm. all over the place this this and so it looks like okay yeah i mean we can't take care of all these kids planned parenthood is good but it, it's yeah it's satan has both sides covered right it's not same thing as okay we and and they and when 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 we when Scott and I acknowledge about the Hegelian dialectic that Satan will be in all sides, you know, weaving. It's just like I think the the whole world knows about the heart of Americans to 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 share with other people what we have here. So we say, okay, I guess it's okay for immigrants to just keep coming. However, we didn't even think, why are they running away from their countries? So again, it's the, the Hegelian dialectic, let's cause this problem. And then it's, oh, it's so much to study and learn right now. But yeah, just like Iskat and many other people, you, if you just have one talent or two, make the most of that. And I see that in some cultures in, in, in the future, maybe in the future episode, I can mention that some people may not agree with my observation, but that's why sometimes there's just something that makes other people like uh, succeed, you know, because they, that one little gift that was given to them, that one little opportunity, they seize it and then they keep growing it. And that's the characteristic of God's, source is just it keeps multiplying multiplying, multiplying. Oh, that's, that's, very, that's right on yeah i've certainly 
I have never witnessed it like this before. I mean, it's hard to hard to even believe. So, and any um, we we're we're an hour. If there's some anything more that you want to really um, share passionately, share, please do so. Of course, your website and anything more that you're doing. And I'm glad you got connected with uh, Vera Shara. We had her as a guest as well. Oh, you did. Well, that's that's neat. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I I talked with her this morning. We had a uh, interview together with the Epic Times, and I I talked with her before that because she just reminds me of my grandma so much. She's she's so smart and so gracious, and uh, you know she's she's quite a blessing. Again, you know when we were doing the the Holocaust research, I just thought, okay, we've got all this research done, but who's gonna believe who's gonna believe a dad, right? So. We're doing some joint interviews together, which is pretty neat. So thanks for bringing bringing her up. Uh, as far as as uh, something to uh, share with people, if you want to dig further, we've got a lot of these resources on Grace's website. Uh, it started out as as a um, as a neat testimony to my my beautiful daughter, but it's expanded to resources, the news links, the uh the the research all that all that information is on there the um we'll have the holocaust tab up yet today so uh probably before you post this interview we'll have the holocaust holocaust tab operational so then you can see um all of this that we've been talking about literally on that tab so grace's website again is ouramazinggrace.net and grace this grace thank you for for having me you are you're a wonderful host. <laughs> My pleasure, and it's just a little bit of something I can do as opposed, you know, as compared to many others uh, people doing a lot more. Um, also, I, I, um, if there's any uh, reference that any of you wants to ask from me or from Scott, please just email us because you know we are. We would be happy to include some links that you would like, okay? And uh, yeah, and then you will just carry on. And because it's we just began and to be fully active in our active engagement in our journey for you know for our real freedom, okay? So and again, um, do support the our amazing grace.net for Scott Shara and, and Grace, and also the work of the entire team. And just like any other episode, share it, share it, share it, share it. And if you have a real st story to tell and you haven't gotten the courage to do that yet, there's really, it, there's you don't have to wait just start and keep saying it and then you you will have all the support. And, and again, I close this and I end this and I thank you, Scott. And in God's blessings, we end this episode and please share.